0: Worship team, love what you bring to us and your gifting. All right, we've been having a tremendous time here at St. Alban's Baptist over the last few weeks. And um, just to recap, uh, we're we're really rich in, uh, you know, the preaching and the teaching that we receive and uh, the gleaning that comes from that. And uh, we get to enjoy. And we we will remember um, Gary Colville. He came from Potirua and he spoke very much about uh, hearing God's voice. And he said, hearing is evidenced by results. I like that. I like results. I like everything to work well. I like to see how God works and um, benefit from it. Don't you? The blessing. I want to see God's blessing here on earth. And, so, and Paul Edlin came from Wellington area, uh, one of our senior pastors. And he preached about Samuel needing to be coached by Eli the high priest. And this is what I pulled out. You know, Samuel didn't hear the voice of God straight away. He had to be coached by Eli the high priest. And I've needed a lot of coaching in my life to get me to where I am. And I'm still climbing. <laughs> I'd like to get me a lot further on. And I keep keep going. But you know. We need to be coached. To recognize God's voice. And then respond with. I'm listening. I'm listening. Said Samuel. And, uh, this, and we've had. Seb speak. We've had Rowan speak. And they've come through with different themes. Just communing. In, locking us in to hearing from God, locking us in to listening, whether it be in the morning, whenever. And uh, so we're really blessed. So again, um, this morning, we're going to hear from Mark and Miriam Holloway, and we really welcome you um, to, to share with us. They've written three books, which they'll share about, um, and they have proven hearing God's voice. They've listened, God's caught their attention and they've heard and they've put it into action, they've activated us. So today we're not only just going to hear how God's coached them and how he's taught them to hear, but we're also going to be privileged To activate it in ourselves, with ourselves. So they're going to walk us through all of that. So come, Miriam and Mark, and a big welcome to you. They're from Christchurch. So give them a big.
1: Yes. Is Thank mine you. Is mine's working? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm not allowed to talk first, though. Oh, okay. Well, she wanted me to talk first, but I, I went, no. you yeah, know
2: no, we just want to keep it quite short. So <laughs> I thought if I just get through the little bit about who we are and how we got on this journey. So um, about 10 years ago, after 27 years of marriage and five kids, I'd finally had enough of Mark and I left. Can you
1: imagine?
2: I was... <laughs> I was um, it was. I was brought up in a Christian family, and it was just something that you just didn't do. Um, you worked things out. You stuck with it. You swept a lot of stuff under the carpet, and you just got on with it. But um, it came to the point where I just couldn't stay any longer, and even a couple of the kids were saying, "Mum, you just need to, you just need to get out," sort of thing. Anyway, I left and I was very, very happy. In fact, I was two feet off the ground for the first couple of years. I didn't have to talk to Mark or see him. It was only through texting. However, Mark was very unhappy, and on the day that I told him I was leaving, we are actually from Tauranga, and we're living in Christchurch for the year, but the day that I told him I was leaving, he was in Gisborne on his Harley, and I was in Tauranga, so five hours away, and I said, "Um, I'm actually, I won't be here when you, get back after half an hour of listening to him on the phone, telling me off and not giving the right answers. And um, so he jumped on his Harley, he says, right, I'm coming home to talk about it. Well, this is at one o'clock in the morning, so I had five hours to get out in the middle of the night. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? I've kind of said I'm going, so i better go. But um, Mark jumped on his Harley to come home and sort it out. And when he got onto the Harley, he screamed out in his helmet, What? on earth is going on, God, if you're even there. And he heard back as clear as a bell, you did this and she'll be back. And he went, hang on a minute, two sides to the story, God, it's not all my fault. No, I'm going to talk to you about your side and I'll talk to Miriam about her side. And But she will be back. Now, Mark knew me well enough to know that it took me 27 years to say that I was going, so by that time I really meant what I was saying, so he had, he didn't think for a minute that I would ever be back, and I, myself, just, I was, had no intention or inclination to ever go back, anyway, Mark's conversations continued, he actually went back to the motel room then, and started to, he had to write things down, because it was coming, as he questioned this voice, and he wasn't even, at first, you weren't really sure, were you, or you were? No, I wasn't. No, you weren't. Um, I'm trying to. Usually, if I'm sitting next to somebody on an aeroplane or something, I can tell the story really well. But with him standing there, I have to make sure I get it right. Um, By the way,
1: John the Baptist, not that I'm trying to align myself with John Boy, but John the Baptist, he wasn't sure either. And John, being in prison, sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, Are you the one? Or shall we look for another? This is the John who was written about in Isaiah, Behold the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make way. You know, He's the one born to say, this is the one. And yet there he goes and he sends his disciples to Jesus to go, "Um, (coughs) Are you the one? Or shall we look for another? And then Jesus turns to the crowd and he starts telling them, This guy is probably the greatest man ever born. After he's just publicly displayed doubt. So anyway.
2: Anyway, that was Mark's story, and you'll hear a little bit more about that. But my part of the story was I needed to get myself a job because I hadn't, we'd had a family business, and I didn't, as you've probably gathered, I didn't want to have anything to do with Mark, so I didn't want him supporting me in any way. So I um, went and worked in the kiwi fruit industry, loading kiwi fruit bins, getting them ready to load onto the trucks that came in. And one day I um, drove my land driver over to the back of an orchard where the bin dump was. And it was a bit uphill and down Dale, and it was a, quite a windy road. And when I got there, there was a big um, big, big tra- tractor unit with two big trailers on the back, all opened up, loading with kiwi fruit bins for the pack houses. And I thought, hmm, actually, I think I'd like to drive one of those. So a year later, I had all my... Can, I, can I stop you? Yes.
1: Uncle James, um, the, the, the clicky thing... Um. <laughs> I'm trying to look really groovy and bring the next slide up and all that stuff. <laughs> what have I done wrong? Try not. And then can I use this thingy or not? Oh, that. OK. okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's...
2: Well done. <laughs> so, um, but the point of my track story is that I would... Um, we do 14-hour days, so... 13 hours driving with two half-hour breaks. So I had a lot of time in my truck from driving from Mount Monganui up to Whangarei or over to New Plymouth or, you know, quite even down to Timaru was the furthest I ever came. So you have a lot of time in your truck and not a lot of communication. Our communication is this through the day, and we might have a quick time to call up on the RT, but otherwise it's just a quick wave. And then at night time, it's one flick of the indicator, and that's about as much communication as you get. In 14 hours. So I was starting to have conversations with myself out loud and they were absolutely amazing. I couldn't believe the things that I would be telling myself and I thought, wow, this leaving Mark is just the best thing ever. I mean, you hear about, you know, finding yourself and I didn't really like those cliches but I could totally get it. So um, after a little, it was so wonderful, so amazing that I would, when I did stop to load up or whatever, I'd have to quickly scribble down the things that had come through my mind but as the days and weeks went on I realized that it was actually God speaking to me so at the same time that I'm having conversations in the truck with God backwards and forwards Mark is having conversations himself and he's even written a book about it called the freedom diaries which are just 56 of his earliest conversations um, and I remember my mum saying to me um, have you read any of Mark's conversations they wonderful I said, that's great, I'm pleased they're wonderful, and if he makes himself if he's a better person for the next wife, then that's great, I'm really happy about that, but I actually don't want to read any of them myself. Anyway, uh, don't let me go on, Mark. Just talk. keep going, it's great. Um, <laughs> Eventually, so that's all, you know, lots between the lines there, but eventually, after nearly five years of being apart... Um, Mark was continually having conversations with God about me, because he was asking God all the time about, you know, you said she was coming back, well it's been five days now and she's not back, and now it's five weeks, and now it's five months, so where is she? So what eventually brought us back together was a conversation that Mark had with God about us that he was finally allowed to send me, and um, when I read that, I just knew that that was God, and that was what I was going to do I was going to say have to do, but he doesn't make us do anything. We actually have free will, so we're just going to
1: read that. Read, I'll just give a it. preempt okay. sort of thing to that. But um, so you can tell already by um, sort of this short little introduction that when a thought enters Mark's head, it comes out his mouth, you know. Um, and so when I began to think that God was actually talking to me and that He was saying that my wife would come back, well. Of course, I needed to tell her that, right? I mean, what's the best way to get you something is not only tell them, but tell them God said that, okay? You know, I mean, that's got to be good. Um, But to my great horror, I knew in my gut so strongly, I just couldn't think, I must be going mad to be even thinking this, um, that God was saying, don't you dare tell her. I will tell her. Now, for me, my job has always been in sales and marketing and training. So what I do is persuade people, you know, for a living. So it's kind of like God's on my side, going to tell the girl, and it's going to be all beautiful. <laughs> so you can imagine how horrific it was for me for five years to think on one side God's saying, come her back, and the other side saying, don't tell her, and wondering whether I was even hearing him anyway, you know? Um, so it is, I'm trying to give you a sort of a background there. It is very normal... To wonder whether God is speaking to you. Okay, in fact, the more you try to hear God's voice, the more your enemy is on a bound to prevent it. Okay, that's when you get dangerous. Is when you actually think you might be able to hear God's voice. Okay, um, and because when you hear God's voice, it generally comes from within you. That's how. Sp- See, there were three spirit. now hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to, um, so, so one day I'm having this conversation with God, which we're going to read to you, and which book is that from? This is from
2: Cry the Wounded Land. Cry the Wounded Land is 19 conversations with God about Māori, Pākehā and the land, and in the back of it is, half the book probably is, um, lots of commonly asked questions in teaching you or showing you or however we want to put it, how to have your own conversation with God because that's what we need to do about anything, whether it's government COVID, Māori, Pākehā and the land, is that we need, we personally, each one of us need to ask God, what is it that you want me to
1: do? Which is relevant to what you were saying before about the traffic light thing, etc. So, and it's also in this book, 11 Days, which is a novel based on our story, because people always say, So, what's the story behind the Freedom Diaries? You know, so, um, um, 11 Days is basically a novel based on a true story about an angry man riding his motorbike around New Zealand over 11 days with his mates, arguing with God about the fact that my wife is never actually coming back, you know that. Um, and out of that, you sort of learn quite a bit about. The conversations with God anyway. Anyway, so um, suddenly one day, after five years, um, I'm having this conversation with God um, and it turns out to be about Miriam, which is normally the case because I'm always, you know, whining away to him about how come something hasn't happened. Um, and I realise at the end of it that God wants me to send this conversation to Miriam. Anyway, we're going to read the conversation because I did send it to her, so it was in writing. Um, God, I've been dreading this conversation all afternoon since lunch when you told me you wanted to have it. Why? Because this is about Miriam and I, and this is much more important than all the conversations in the book. Than nothing compared to this one.
2: It's what I want to discuss.
1: But God, you're wanting me to send this to Miriam. This is stuff that you and I have been talking about for four and a half years, but you never let me tell Miriam. And now suddenly, when I'm least expecting it, you tell me to pass this on. I don't get it.
2: It's time.
1: Okay, and I'm convinced you told me to expect. Can I really say this here? Yes. So you want me to say what I've always felt you've been saying about us. I ask you about us every time, every day, many, many times a day. I've done so for the whole horrible four years, and now you want me to say what I've heard you say? Yes. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm very sure you said to expect her back, that it's only a matter of time, and if I was prepared to wait, it would happen. When I ask about what about free will, you say it's nothing to do with you making Miriam do anything. She's free to do whatever if she wants, but that you also know the future. Have I said too much?
2: No, that's fine.
1: Okay, so God, I saw Miriam at the weekend and I realised that for the first time I don't even know if I want her back. The hurt has gone on for so long and been so deep.
2: So Mark, now finally you know how Miriam felt.
1: Truly? I honestly hurt her this bad, made her feel this rejected? I had no idea.
2: It was as bad as it's been for you, actually worse. Oh
1: man, I hate me. I'm speechless, I don't even know what it was, that I was capable of that. I'm so sorry, I don't, I don't know what to do then, God. I can't even imagine how that must have felt for her.
2: It devastated her, crippled her.
1: So you're saying it's too late, too much damage done. Do you want us to go our separate ways then?
2: No.
1: I don't get it, what do you want?
2: I want you to reconcile. How, after
1: so much hurt?
2: Talk. You have both hurt each other so badly now, but if you want to rebuild, I do too. Talk with me and talk with each other.
1: God, this is making me cry but I think it'll just make Miriam angry.
2: Mark down under all that hurt and anger she still loves you.
1: (laughs) Really God I don't think so. I think I'm making that up.
2: No you're not Mark. You leave what Miriam feels to me and her. I want her to talk to me about her feelings. We'll sort through that but I'm telling you that the two of you need to talk. If you're prepared to talk you can rebuild. It's up to you but if you want to you can. Do you want to?
1: You know I do, but Miriam doesn't really think I love her.
2: Of course not, and you didn't think she loved you either.
1: No, I thought she despised me. I felt that way for years. I felt that she thought I was a joke.
2: But what have I shown you in the last four years? Oh,
1: that she loved me, that nobody ever loved me as much as Miriam did, that she tried and tried, but I didn't believe her love.
2: And did you love her?
1: You know I did, with all my heart. That's why it hurts so much to think she didn't love me.
2: And Mark, the very same pain was cutting Miriam to bits at the same time. Both of you loved each other, and yet both of you, at the same time, doubted the other's love. How do you think that happened?
1: Well, I'm pretty sure you told me that the same demon told us both the same lie. He whispered that the person we loved most didn't love us back. Sound familiar? That he wanted our marriage destroyed and our, people, our family cut in pieces, and he knew that if he patiently told that lie to us, day in, day out, that eventually one or both of us would break. I almost broke first, and I guess that pushed Miriam over the brink.
2: Mark, you both messed your marriage up.
1: You told me that it was my fault.
2: It was, but I'm only prepared to talk to you about your fault. I'll talk to Miriam, not you, about hers. Do you understand you both got yourselves into this mess by believing that the other didn't love you? You both believed a lie, a simple, hateful lie that destroys families. He gave you a double dose of his voice because he could see that the two of you are destined to learn and then teach others how to hear my voice. He needed to focus on and destroy your marriage before your marriage destroyed so much of what he has carefully built over hundreds of years. The two of you together are destined to teach others to hear my voice. Can I stop you? Yes.
1: So when I wrote this, we're not together, and I've never stood up in front of a church telling them how to listen to God's voice. That wasn't even something I wanted to do today. Anyway, carry on.
2: I'm not- I doubted it, by the way. I'm going to use the two of you to destroy so much of the destruction he has planned for humanity, just with the simple act of teaching others to hear my voice. And if you'll work with me in that way, then you will also dismantle a huge part of his specific plans to hurt your kids and their kids. Can you see the miracle mark? This situation with which he hoped to destroy you and your kids, instead I have used it to teach you both to hear me so much more clearly than ever before. And now, armed with that new ability, if you let me, I can use you both to destroy him with so much more power than you had before. The two of you together, unstoppable, because now you can hear my voice. Not just you, but Miriam too. She hears equally well, yet differently. You need each other's ability to hear me to complete the picture. But Mark, you'll need to talk with each other and with me. Lots of talk.
1: But gosh, she doesn't even like talk.
2: Well, she does actually, if she's allowed to, she does. You'll need to listen to Miriam a lot. She'll need to let you talk and she'll need to be understanding of your fear of silence and to gently remind you to be quiet and listen to her. She will need to be strong about that and you'll need to listen. But both of you need to talk. And as you do, you report to me and each o- report to each other what I'm saying to you. Can you see that, Mark? The only way to put this back together is to have many conversations with me individually and together. You didn't talk with each other much before, but if you're prepared to do so, you will heal the situation. You will remake hope for everyone around you. You will both be stunned at how many lives will be changed forever if you're prepared to take this step together. Apart, I will bless you and give you whatever you want, but together you will bless me and give me what I want.
1: Okay, God, do you want me to send this to Miriam tonight? No. God? No. Tomorrow? Yes. So I did um, and then, you know, cyber silence um, and um, spent three days just thinking I've waited four and a half years, kept my mouth shut for four and a half years and I've just stuffed the whole thing up by sending that mad email. I could imagine all her friends telling her that she should sue me for spiritual abuse and manipulation, you know, and I thought, man, they probably have a good case. Um, you know and then she sends me this email went the, the, I couldn't read the rest of it When I, I just sort of went into shock it was that conversation you sent me was definitely God I was sort of like I don't think we should tell our friends and our family just yet and then we spent the next eight months putting our relationship together and now we've been back together six years I think yeah anyway um, there we are. But we're so, still
2: the same two people, so we still have to work. It I'm much this.
1: better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you happy if I just climb into this? Um, and and she always wonders where she should stand. You know, because w- once I get going, you know, I get going. So um, that's why I purposely went and sat there so you'd feel comfortable sitting there. If you yeah yeah cool um so guys what we're talking about today is the process of learning to hear fluently the thoughts that God puts in our mind now Miriam talked about Samuel and Eli he heard God the moment God started speaking but it took some time before he realized that it was God he needed someone to tell him right so let me tell you you hear God equally as well well when I say as me as though I'm the standard but I'm the guy here today, talk, you know, that's written a book about how to hear God, blah, blah, blah. So you hear God equally well, if not better than me. Another thing, you know, in, in spirit-filled churches, etc., guy gets up to talk about hearing from God, and there's a number of people in the audience who are a bit terrified that God's going to tell me something about you, okay? Well, I'm equally terrified because if he tells me about you, He's going to tell you about me. And let me tell you, it isn't pretty, okay? Um, so it's unlikely. I've never heard anything about anybody other than things along the lines of encouragement and etc. you know? Because God's really not interested in your faults. Does a good mum sit around talking about the faults of the other kids to another kid? When, you know? They both know about the faults. So, um, it's the process of learning to hear fluently the thoughts. This is really weird because I can't look at it. I feel like sort of the guy reading from his notes. Um, it's the process of learning to hear fluently the thoughts that God puts in our mind, not just impressions. So, you know, as Christians, we're used to getting nudges and impressions. We have other sort of terminology for it, but we think God said this or, yeah, yeah I just feel like God's saying that. Okay. Now, We have this relation, imagine our relationship with God from the eyes of somebody who's not in the clique. They don't come to church, they've never been a Christian before, but they kind of got an open mind, you know? And we've got a relationship with God, okay? So, which kind of sounds a bit weird, but they're prepared to go with the whole story and to see where this is going. Imagine after that great talk that we had about, you know, our relationship, and so, it probably sounded better than it is because Miriam tried to bring it down to earth by saying we're still the same people, you know? That means I'm the, still the same guy that made her want to leave after 27 years. So anyway, um, but nevertheless, it sounds a bit more fairytale than it actually is. So let's say one of you kind of gets with me after the meeting and says, you know, so um, what's it like, you know, now? Like, you know, so do you spend a lot of time talking? And I look at them and go, no. No, not really. I mean, you know, I've kind of got the letters that Miriam wrote to me when we were sort of young and engaged. And I have, I've got a box full of them because I'm a bit nostalgic like that, you know. So I just read them. You know, like Miriam's busy and I'm busy and uh, nah, we don't really talk. If that person wasn't a Christian, so they were really kind of, they went, oh, he's written a Christian book. They were just, I wonder how this whole thing works. The guy reckons he's got a relationship with God. So, you know, so, but relationship with his wife, he doesn't talk to her. Is that a relationship? You cannot have a relationship without a conversation. It just doesn't work, you know? Your friend says, I've met this amazing guy. Oh, he's my soulmate. He's just, I just, oh, this, we just spend so much time together. Wow, what are you talking about? Oh, we never talk. Like, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's running a big company and he's got a lot of stuff going on, but but we just we just kind of, sit in each other's presence. Oh, okay, so what, what sort of things does he I don't know, really, because we don't talk. That's not a relationship, is it? That's infatuation. You can, you can feel, you know, the other person. You, you're overwhelmed by their glory, okay? But there ain't no relationship. Anyone with a brain can see that, okay? So, where I'm, you kind of know where I'm going with this, right? We're not talking about impressions and nudges, we're talking about full sentences and paragraphs, discussion with God. Is that even a thing? Well, let me tell you, when it started happening to me, I definitely didn't think it was a thing. I thought that either it was going mad or it was the devil, you know? And and I had a fair bet that it was going to be, it could be either, because God had made it clear to me that my wife had just left me because it was my fault. That bit I couldn't sort of argue with. I just kind of knew in my gut that I'd heard that. Okay? So, who can possibly be hearing from God at the worst time of their life when they've just done the dumbest thing they ever did? You know, um, what we're looking for here is is a, is a relationship with God where we can talk backwards and forwards with God, like Paul and Jesus did. Now, I just want to get a bit scriptural here. Jesus, I, I'm paraphrasing here because I haven't got the Bible in front of me, but um, the things that I do. Those who follow me, okay, they will do those things and greater. Or, you know, kind of worse to that effect. John 5.30, I can do nothing but that I hear the voice, okay? So this is Jesus. I am going. I can't do it. I-, I-, I cannot do a thing without hearing the voice, and those who follow me will do that and better, unless he was fibbing about John 5.30, okay? And then Paul comes along and says, tell you what, you should imitate me like I imitate him. So it's possible. It's possible to have a backwards and forwards conversation with God. Um, so can you imagine how things are going down at, um, you know, level one hell? Now, I don't mean the bottom level, I mean top floor, okay? Um, I don't know whether that's where Satan hangs out, but let's just kind of imagine, you know, the big office of the, of the bad boy, um, If people are going to have a conversation with God, well, we're done as far as, you know, top, top level at hell. I mean, because the moment you start hearing from God, and even if you were an atheist, you'd have to agree. You'd go, well, if there is a God and you could hear from him, her, they, whatever, you know, because you're thinking that because you're an atheist. Um, well, shoot, that'd be pretty powerful, wouldn't it, you know? So Satan's got this problem If they have a conversation with me, then it's going to be all over. All all the disagreements about theology and all that kind of stuff are going to go out the window, you know, because people are going to be hearing from God, and that's what they're going to be discussing. So um, let's just attack a couple of things here. Doubt and religion, okay? Religion has lied to us. Religion's greatest lie, and you'll see this in every religious situation, Christianized religion, Eastern religion, Muslim religion, wherever religion turns up, the God that those people believe in, He don't like you. Okay? He's angry. Okay? He's kind of... Now, you know, like, Miriam, we've got five kids. And there were times when our kids didn't believe in Miriam. They certainly didn't believe in me a lot, but I'm just using, you know, Miriam as an example. Okay? They love her. They just get on. If they're scared of her, because you know the old guy's always having a go about something. But when Miriam, when Mum says something, it's like, because she doesn't often tell you off. So when she does, it's kind of serious. But anyway, where I was going with that is this: they're all adult kids now, but. As they were growing up, of course, there were times when they didn't believe in Miriam. Now, when you don't believe in your mum, what are the things you don't believe? You don't believe that she really loves you. You don't believe that... You know, there's all these things, which are kind of what you don't believe in God about. Okay, But it's okay. You know why it was okay? Because Miriam never stopped believing in them. Okay, And that's what God's about. Now, we know that in this year because we kind of can sense it, you know. But in this year, this God forgot that there is no condemnation in those in Christ Jesus. Because, yes, I know, but today I'm not really in Christ Jesus because I did this thing wrong. So, you know, but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and though he fall, he will not be cast out, okay. So there's this whole thing about religion that we're in trouble But the Bible says we can hear God speak to us in whole sentences and paragraphs no matter what our lives are like. Now, there's going to be a number of you theologically sort of focused people, and I am too, by the way, in the room who are thinking, hang on, hang on, I'm sure there is a verse that says something like, if I hold sin in my heart, I cannot hear him. Or, or, you know, it's kind of, that sounds roughly what it says, you know? Um, Well, why isn't it... I'm going to come back to that. Why isn't it common that we can hear God speak to us in full sentences and paragraphs? Now, I want to tell you something. So I'm, I'm starting to have these conversations. Now, I used to do it always in writing because I felt safe. I would write a question to God and I'd write His answer without waiting for it to come. I know that sounds the weirdest thing you've ever heard, right? Probably sounds really new age or something. Who knows? It certainly sounded like that to me. Okay, um, And so... I would show it to people going, Do you think this is God? And quite a lot of people would say, Yeah, wow. How did you? And a lot more people would go, You just need to stop thinking so much, you know? And then a lot, lot more people said, What makes you think you're the only person having a conversation with God? Well, I didn't think I was the only person. I didn't even know if I really was. But I felt like, and I did say to them, So you do this too? Oh, no, 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 no. But, you know, I, I, God's voice, and we do all hear God's voice, but you know what? Unless you work at it, let's be honest, hearing from God backwards and forwards, like you hear from a friend, is not most for most of us, it is not our common experience, right? It just isn't, is it? Okay, now, so that's what I'm trying to um, try. You know, how I gave that little speech about, you know, I, I hope he doesn't tell me, him, you about, you know. I was trying to say to you, look, I'm not, that, I'm not really that crash hot as a person. I would not like you to know what goes on in here and all that kind of stuff. And yet, either I'm deceived or I can hear from God. Okay? Um, so what's so special about me? Nothing, actually. Um, we, we get taught that we can't hear God unless we are really keen, clean. Here's Jesus. Um, you are already clean because of the word That I have spoken to you. Now I just want to get a bit theological and Greekish with you. The word, the Greek for word there is logos, and the version of logos that they use there is divine utterance. Christ expressing the thoughts of the Father through the Spirit. So you are already clean because of the things I have said to you through the Spirit, to you. Now, most of the leading commentators from about 1600 onwards, and sorry, I can't actually quote their names, but if you're a serious theologian, you know them, you know who they are, etc. The verses I'm about to show you, this is what they say about all of them. This is definitely about God, where it says word, it's about God speaking to you through your spirit. It might mean God talking to you through the written word, might, but it's definitely straight to your spirit. whereas we have become a people... Am I knocking the Bible? Of course I'm not knocking the Bible, otherwise I wouldn't be quoting to you from it. But we have become a people that don't know how to hear direct because it's dangerous. You know, what if we hear it wrong? So we rely on the written word. Now, let me tell you how reliable the written word is. I quote Jesus. You spend your lives looking at your Bibles. He He used the old word for Bible, okay? searching for evidence of me and here I am standing right in front of you and you don't even recognize me. That's the kind of real Jesus guy. Now as a result of what the Pharisees and the learned people who could recite, you know that Bible you've got, three quarters of that, they had that already. So it must be important if we've still got it, you know. Now, they could quote whole chapters to you. Those guys knew that book backwards. No one has ever been as good as them since at knowing the Bible. This is what their interpretation of the Bible taught them. God must die. That's how it was, right? That's, that's what they did. They killed God because they really felt like that's what their Bible taught them. So the written word is no safer or more dangerous than hearing from God. You need a balance of both, obviously. Okay? Um, again, this is God talking about the church, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. Here we've got the word "rema," God speaking His dynamic living word in a believer. So, see, see where this is going? Everywhere, you want to do this. Every time you see the word word in the Bible... Go online, have a look at your lexicon and see what the Greek says it actually means. You know, when I meditate on thy word, that'll that'll give you a real surprise. Well, not really. It's not a surprise if I meditate on the things that you've said direct to me. That's a wee bit different, isn't it? Okay. Now, here's the beauty. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Well, of course, that means it even... It, in the NIV, which, by the way, the serious theologians call the not-included version. The reason it's the most popular is because of marketing. I'm a marketing guy, I know that. The NIV Zonderman, whoever owns it, they do the best marketing, so more people read the thing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the most accurate translation. Okay? Theologians will tell you that it doesn't. But anyway, this is from the NIV. And the message that brings faith is heard through the word about Christ. Now, here's what the Greek actually says. And the message is heard through the Lord speaking his dynamic, living word in a believer to inbirth faith, his inwrought persuasion. It's all talking about God speaking to you. Okay? So I'm just trying to establish a, a, a groundwork here that, you know what? It's okay. In fact, the Bible talks most of the time about you hearing direct. That's supposed to be our norm. Am I getting too preachy here? What were you going to say?
2: Keep going. We've got 15 minutes.
1: I thought we got 25. I mean, I... I, (laughs) It says to me we've got 25 minutes. Um, I've already done this, um, that little slide. Okay. Done that one, okay? Right, baggage, okay? Shall I do the baggage story? Yeah, I do. Now I've lost my thingy thing. Hang on. Um, okay, so um, here's what we get taught or somehow assume from what we get taught. I'm not kind of sure how it works, okay? Um, if I get my life right, then God will speak to me. I'll have a better flow. Would that be a fairly common assumption amongst us to use that? It is, eh? Okay. Um, but um, where am I going? Oh, I haven't got that in this one, eh? Okay, so the word metanoia. Who knows what? Heard that one? It's repent. Okay. Um, it's one of the Greek words for repent. Um, and it doesn't mean what we get told that. Um, you know, it's a military term, and we are marching one way, and then we turn, and we're going the other way. You know, it's sort of all about us, that repent thing, okay? Um, metanoia, repent, means to be, what is it? To change as a result of being with. Now, let me tell you, okay, so I've got this kind of thing about Mick Jagger and Bob Dylan. Okay, there's a few people in this audience I can see they know what I'm talking about. Okay, now, if at the back you turn around when I went and there's Mick, kind of Mick, you know, and Mark goes off with Mick, and Miriam says, "Wow, he's never met him before, but he's one of his idols." And then I came back and talked to you next week after a week with Mick. Would I be changed? You just know, wouldn't you? I'd probably be using his voice. I'd probably have big lips when I talked and all that kind of stuff. You'd see. I'd sort of picked up some of his mannerisms you know and all that kind of thing see Um, because when you are with someone who you really admire or someone who is powerful you change as a result of being with them making sense so far now the really interesting thing is this repentance as we understand it as christians is all up to us The, the 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 emphasis is on us making decisions and all that sort of thing, you know. I'm going to tell you, I've got three sons. None of them are Christians. So God says to me, one, so I have these written conversations. We're going to teach you how to have a written... By the way, what is this all about? I'm going to teach you how to, how to do this and, and get you to have a go. Some of you will go, I oh, yeah, huh. do this all the time. Some of you will go, uh-huh. I'm amazed, you know. But anyway, I'm having a conversation with God one day and God says are you proud of your kids, your sons? And I go to write yes, and then I think, oh, they're not exactly the cleanest boys you're ever going to meet, you know? Like, I think two, maybe three of them, now they're all in their late, mid to late 20s or 30s now. But back in their teens, what's that thing they, they, that they give you when, you when you go before the court but you're young so they sort of let you off? Diversion, Diversion yeah. So I've, at least two of them have had a diversion, I think, you know, for reasonably sort of, you know, misdemeanourish things. They don't kill anybody or anything, but, um, but nevertheless, they're kind of your average bad bugger Kiwi lads, you know? They're all doing well in business now, but there were times when i just pull my hair out, you know? Um, so God says, are you proud of your sons? And I go to write, yeah, and, and then I think, oh, <laughs> I wonder if I should be. And I go, oh, and God says, why the hesitation? I go, well, you know the, you know God about them? And he goes, well, I'm proud of them. Like, you're proud of them? How does that work? They're not even Christians. You weren't a Christian. I liked you before you became a Christian. I'd like you if you weren't a Christian. I like people. I'm kind of into people. Okay? Here's another verse that we, for God so loved the world that, his, that he gave his only begotten son, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right? Now, the, the impression we get of that, which is kind of the main. Um, evangelical verse, okay, is this, God looked down on the world, and oh, he loved the world, and one of that that sort of love, you know, you know what, I don't know what to do about these guys, Jesus, could you go and kind of do the whole cross thing and everything so we can pick the crap out of you, and then then, um, it'll be okay, well, this is what the Bible says, okay, for God so loved, agape is the word there, it's not always the word for love, but it's agape there, and probably the best Greek interpret, the best interpretation of the Greek, there is this highly esteemed. So God so highly esteemed the world. Oh baby, I love these people. They, have you seen these people? They're cool. Look what they're doing. You know, I like these people. How about we go and live with them? as humans, with them and do that thing. I think they'll kill me, though. Well, if they do, so what? That'll, they'll learn that we are not a retribution sort of God. You know? Even when they kill us, we don't go, right! You know? But theoretically now, he does. Sorry, I'm getting carried. You can sort of interrupt me and tell me. To, you know, I'm starting to get a bit excited here. You know, it really might not be where we go. You were created to hear spiritual voices, three of them. They sound like your own thoughts for a very good reason. As I said before, they come from within you, okay? Now, why would that be? Why would God, why wouldn't he just turn up and speak like, you know, make this a lot easier and go, hi? I asked God that one day. I said, look, if, I think I might be going loony thinking I'm hearing your voice, okay? Um, what, if, you, if this is really you and I can write these sentences down and it's you, it kind of sounds like you, but I think I might be going crazy. Why wouldn't you just turn up? That wouldn't actually be any worse or weirder than, than what's happening right here. And he said, Could you imagine that? And I went, Well, yeah, it'd be good. He goes, No, the universe fits inside me. So imagine what would happen if I turned up. What do you think? At the time, Barack Obama, I think, was the, was the US guy. What do you think Barack Obama would be doing? I thought he'd be flat on his face. <laughs> You'd have to be, wouldn't you? Go, boof, you know. What do you think ISIS would be doing? You know, just listed all these world powers. If God made himself absolutely clearly visible and good morning to you, you would be on your face. There'd be no other place you could be. Not, not because you felt bad about your life, but the comparison between you and him, them, is just too great. Okay? It's very difficult for someone who is very powerful, even a human to have a normal relationship with a normal human. Just can't work, right? So he withdraws himself. How many of you are fathers in this room who can remember when your children were tiny and you were holding them, you felt, you realised that you were almost too powerful and you sort of had to almost shrink yourself because, oh my goodness, this is a human life, one that actually really matters to me and I could, well, I could just drop it, I could... I've got so much power in this situation. This is terrifying, you know. So you have to reduce yourself. So God reduces Himself so that we can not feel like we have to have a conversation with Him, that our life depends on it, because He isn't actually that sort of God. Okay. So you're your enemy decided. We already talked about that. Okay. So. Um, why do we do the conversation with God in writing? Okay. Well, you don't have to do it in writing at all. Okay. I find having a written conversation with God slows me down and lets me kind of think through what I'm hearing and sort of scan it and feel, is this really Him? Okay. Now, this is a terrible analogy to give you because you're going to think, who the heck does He think He is? But how come we've got the Bible? What happened? Human beings wrote down what they heard God say, right? Okay. So no, my books aren't the Bible, obviously. But what that is, is Paul wrote lots of stuff, became lots of the Bible. Be ye imitators of me. One of the things he did was write down what he heard God say. So I think it's okay. I think it's kind of alright. You know? Um, and publishing it, well... Supply and demand. If you publish your conversations and no one wants to read them, well, there you go. Okay, it didn't harm anybody. Okay, um, so the prophets did it, but listen, you can speak your conversation with God. Now, how many people in this room are comfortable with the whole prophetic thing? Someone prophesies. You're reasonably comfortable with that? Okay, so it kind of looks like probably about half the people who actually are put their hands up, so most of you probably are. Okay, so if I said, um, Robert, is it okay? I think I've got a word from God for you and went over and put my hand on his head like you sort of normally do and, you know, did the whole thing. You would probably be relatively comfortable with that action, wouldn't you, you know? He's the visiting speaker. He must sort of be okay. I don't know, you know. Um, So it's okay if I hear from God for him. Is it okay if I hear from God for me? Okay, out loud. It's a bit weird, you know? But you can do it like that. You can go. You can have a conversation, okay? Um, So, for example, okay, God, what are you saying about the young lady in the brown jacket right there? I'm saying a whole lot of things, Mark, to her that she already knows. A lot of them she can hear, but she doesn't actually realize it's me. But the thing that she's hunting for in terms of her relationship with me, the thing that she always feels just a little unsatisfied with that it's there... It's actually closer to you than you think. This isn't. Tell her this. Tell her that it's not a thing she has to reach for. This is kind of weird. By the way, you have to judge this. That's the interesting thing about hearing from God. Just because I turned up and I've got a white jacket on and I wrote a book, who the heck says that, that I know what God's saying? You get to judge. What's your name? Anna. Anna? Okay. Anna is the authority over what I am speaking. She decides whether it was God and she plums that and tests the Spirit. It's not, it's not my responsibility, okay? Just because I said it doesn't mean it's true, okay? Here's, anyway, here's the end of it, okay? So you're saying, God, that I need to finish what I... Yes, you do, because we're just getting to the good bit, okay? The thing you are reaching for in your relationship with God is actually right here and you've got your other hand on it. You just need to recognize, like Samuel did, that you're already okay. But the thing in you that is in all of us that says, No, that couldn't be true. I'm not worthy. Every human being thinks they're not worthy, right? Okay, by the way, now I'm talking to you, but um, so, so that's an example of Mark attempting to have a conversation with God out loud. You guys can judge, Anna particularly whether that sounded like God to you. But that's what I mean by speaking. Thinking. You can willfully think it in your head. In other words, I think a question about that gentleman. What's your name? Bruce. Bruce. I think a question about Bruce, okay, and then I think the answer back to me. I purposely think. I don't just sort of let it waft into my head, okay? And my question about you was just kind of, what about him, okay? And... Um, the answer was he understands this more than he thinks he does and more than you would expect him to. I, I haven't even thought whether I would expect you to or not, but <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going? So, yeah, cool. Um, and singing. Now, this is a really cool thing, okay? And the Lord your God will joy over you with singing. We don't actually believe that, right? Have you ever heard God kind of get out the guitar and, and start you know, singing at you? Okay, um, he can see. It's really good for us to tell God what we think of Him in song. Okay, but imagine Him telling us what He thinks of us, because He already knows what we think of Him, and He's heard those words before. I like the music, by the way. I'm not anti that. McJagger. I'm still listening to the songs he wrote fifty years ago, again and again and again. I don't mind that, you know. But imagine hearing God sing to you what he thought of you. So if you're a muso or a vocalist, you can play or sing to him and play or sing back his answers. We're going to do it in writing really shortly, but those of you who have that gifting, start thinking, how would I do this? So when you're up here and I don't know if guitar breaks are allowed um, or, you know, keyboard... Thing, you know, and you just start to kind of get in the move, you know, and you're doing it to God, right? Really? The musos, don't you? Yep. Now, put your hand up if you're a muso in this room. You either play here or you're just a muso, okay? Can you speak on that keyboard or on that? Can, not, what I mean is, do you, when you are playing, whether you're in church or somewhere else, can you do it so you sort of know the words? It's almost words when you're expressing yourself. Try doing it to God. God, you know, what are you saying about blah, blah, blah? And then, you know, play it back, okay? Play whatever he has to say, because you will get it. This is a thing between... The rest of the audience may have no idea what's going on, but they'll feel it. Oh, yeah, they'll feel it. You know, that thing happens, right? Um, Okay, Miriam's thinking, can we please just get on with this? Oh, shoot, it's 11.34, okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So we, can we have another 10 minutes? That's it? Yep. Is that right? Okay. Okay. So now we're coming to what we hear about. This is how you have a conversation with God. Who the heck does he think he is? Tell us. this is Well, look, this is just a thing we do that seems to work for us and it works for quite a lot of people when we teach them. Okay. Write your question. For example, God, what are you saying about our mortgage? Now look, if The Church Missionary Society is the thing you think about most. Write your question about that. Write the question about the things that matter to you. What are you saying about my marriage? What are you saying about my son? What are you saying about my job? You know, shoot, my business because of COVID. I don't know. The things that worry you, talk to him about them. He's the mighty counselor, okay? And how much counseling do we actually get direct from him? It's not because we're dirty. It's because we haven't been taught how or because we don't think we're worthy or we're just kind of out of the habit. You get out of the habit of talking to the people that matter to you, don't you? Okay? God, what are you saying about our mortgage? You write that down. Then you just start writing God's answer in faith. Steve, what I'm saying about your mortgage is... Just write that But Now, to only write Steve if Steve's your name, you know, because it's a bit weird otherwise. So, uh, Mary... What I'm saying about your mortgage is... Now, you know that God hasn't literally said that to you, but you're starting the sentence, you're kind of getting your faith moving. I'll give you a little demonstration. This lady in the green dress, what's your name? Gwen? Rowan. Rowan. So let's say I go... <gasps> oh, by the way, this is pretending. I'm not going to do this. Well, Let's say I go, oh, shoot, Rowan, I think you've got a word from God for Robert, Okay? And is it the sort of thing you would normally do or not? Okay. So let's say I just kind of go, oh, I think you've got a go. Well, that's one thing for you to to kind of feel and tell, but, you know, the visiting speaker is, you know, that's a bit nerve-wracking, particularly if you think, have I? I was thinking about lunch, you know? (laughs) I said, nothing. So Rowan, because she doesn't want to embarrass me, and she's a bit kind of, shoot, well, he's the visiting speaker, I don't know. So she hops up and walks around hoping, and by the time she gets to about here, guess what? She's got the beginning of that word, right? Because physical action, because we are physical beings, begins to bring faith for some weird reason. Like Even people who don't believe in God know that. I stand up in the morning, and I say, it's going to be a great day! you know, and it begins to create things, physically, anyway, so um, when you start writing the beginning of the sentence, Steve, what I'm saying about your mortgage is, it's like Rowan walking around here, okay, Um, and then just keep writing what comes into your mind, that's a bit weird, the enemy will tell you these two things, one of or both, you're making it up, You are making it up. How ridiculous that you could have written that and thought that God would just say that to you. Good grief. Okay? If you're a rapid thinker, that's the sort of stuff that will start going through your head. Okay? Well, guess what? This is a conversation with God, not a, oh God, in heaven, please tell me what you're saying about my mortgage. And then you have to listen and obey to whatever comes, even though you think it sounded a bit weird. This is a conversation. You can go, are you for sure? Really? That can't be right. That's what you do when you have a conversation with a friend, isn't it? You know? If I said to you, you know, know, Rowan, you know the mortgage you got on your house? Forget about it, it's fine. You you would go, you come up to me afterwards and go, was that a word from the Lord or are you just a bit sort of off your head? Like, what? You you question when you're not sure in a conversation, don't you? Okay? So, when you write down what comes next and you think, that can't be right, this is what I do. God, I don't think that's right. You, You heard it when we read that conversation out, right? I don't think that's right. Then write, what comes next? No, you're right. No, no, I don't think I'm right. I can go through two pages of Microsoft Word, you know, like that. I think you're you're wrong. No, no, God, you know? That's okay. It's a conversation. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and keep on asking. Now, the Greek is more akin to demand and keep on demanding, Okay, we're a bit scared to do that with God, aren't we? Like, What's that thing about the violent... And violent men and women will take the kingdom of heaven by force. Does that mean bad violent men? Like, really? Is God kind of, oh dear, shoot, it's Mike Tyson. You know? He's not scared of us, okay? He wants us to take with violent force what he has, okay? Um, so... Um, The other thing the enemy will tell you if you're a quiet and peaceful thinker, okay, is your mind is blank. Uh Look around you. Everybody else is having a conversation writing, but your mind is blank. You haven't heard anything. Uh -uh, You know, and that's what you'll hear. Okay? So occasionally you can tell I haven't got the mind that works like that very often. Okay, but occasionally I get that. So this is what I do. I go, God, because I just asked God a question, and the first thing I heard was, Your mind is blank. Did you just say that my mind is blank? Okay, no. (laughs) You know, gotcha. Because your mind can never be blank. This is a scientific fact. Only the Eastern masters, after years and decades of training, can keep their minds absolutely blank for about a minute. You're just not capable of it, okay? When your thoughts go, your mind is blank, that's an oxymoron. You just had a thought. It was, your mind is blank. It's just the enemy kind of tricking you. Okay? So, oh, hang on. What, we're about to do it. Who hasn't got something to write on? Because we're going to just have a little five-minute conversation with God. Then I'm going to ask you a couple of you are brave enough to come up and read it. And then I'm going to go, well, I went way over time. See you, bye. Okay, and that's going to be the end of it. Is that all right?
2: Does anybody need something to write on? I've got little notebooks and pens. That Christine will hand out. Just pop your hand
1: up. By the way, did that that um, pad go around that you write your name on if you want conversations with God from God from us? There's a um, there's a clipboard. Oh yeah, there it is. <coughs> there's a clipboard that's theoretically circulating around, um, and if you want. To get my blogs, which are re- relatively regular conversations with God, then put your name and email there. If you ever decide this is hogwash, just unsubscribe. You know, like it's reasonably easy. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, if you want to want to do that, um, you can. So what we're going to do? By the way, you can write this on your arm and blood with a knife if you want to, or on your cell phone, or on a piece of paper we give you in a minute. But this is just. Practicing hearing from God by writing your question, writing the answer. Okay, um, but spooky, you know. But well, it's not spooky, but scary, you know. But hey, worth a go. So now that I've just kind of gone on and on and on, anything else you want to say? The... No, that's
2: good. We
1: give them a go. The go. <laughs> um, so uh, is everybody ready? Are they? No. Start. Yep. yep, started. Good. Okay, all right, pretty set. Go. Ask God questions, write back the answer, have a conversation, we'll give you five minutes. Go. Guys, I hate to interrupt God, but um, who, now, by the way, this isn't a who am I going to pick on, this is just a kind of a feeling for is this working? Okay. I'm not going to pick on anyone until I go would somebody like to read their conversation. First question, who feels like they might have been hearing from God when they wrote stuff down? Okay, everyone's a bit scared to say that. Yeah, okay. So, you know, here's the thing, that's not meant to happen, eh? You realise that, right? I'm the visiting speaker, I will hear from God for you. That, that's how it's done in Christian circles, okay? Um, so here's you, the audience, hearing from God. Who would like to be brave, come up, read a little wee bit out of their conversation. Sorry, did I see some of Yep, please. <coughs> Your microphone. <clears throat> come up. So what's your name?
2: My name's Chris.
1: Cool. Go, Chris.
2: Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about this. This is um, a question about two friends of mine, one who's got a very serious health problem that they're facing at the moment. So this is a husband.
1: Can you right. hear, by the way? Cool.
2: God, how can I best support Raywan and Don? Phone them and talk to them about your prayers for them. God, should I be challenging them about their faith in you? No, I can bring them to to faith. You just have to show them love. And don't be afraid to tell them how I've answered prayers for you.
1: Don't go away. Okay. So I've got one of my sons isn't a Christian, right? So he decided he's going to come with us to one of these things one time. Okay? And he goes, what happens? I said, well, this sort of thing happens. And people get up and they read their conversation from God And you would think they'd read from a book that I'd handed out on how, you know, like they'd written the same conversation. It's always, not always, but it's often about one of their kids or one of their friends. They're concerned about them for some reason and they're thinking they need to kind of move them closer to God. And every single time God goes to the surprise normally of the person writing, hey, hang loose, baby, just be their friend. I've got this. That's kind of the best summary of what you said. That is so God. But here's the neat thing. You heard it from her, not me. You know? Which means that you amongst yourselves can hear from God. He is not the tyrant that we have been led to believe. God, thank you so much. One more. Oh, sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> bit blind. <clears throat> I suppose they all know your name, right? But um, yeah, but tell me, you tell me your name. I'm Paul. Paul.
0: Um, sorry, this might be a bit personal. Um, basically, I said, "Lord, do I really need? Do I really need to be here today?" Because. <laughs> I don't really enjoy your preaching style, but I know exactly what you are saying. And this is what God told me. (laughs) He said, yes, you know all this. You have to put it in practice. Good job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, keep going, mate. This is great. (laughs) You need to
0: be more uh, purposeful about it. The closer in relationship with me you get, the easier you will feel... And the frustration, the anxiety, and the tension will ease and evaporate. That spoke really to me and where I am in the
1: situation I am now. Thank you. Um, Now, did I see you sitting with a wife or somebody up there? No? Okay. So what's your name? Rowana. Okay. So remind him of that conversation. Um, Because, not because he's likely to be a naughty boy or something, but clearly God is saying... You need to get active in this. You already know how to do this. You need to become more active. Now, guess who's not going to be very happy about that? Sometime between now and tomorrow, okay, and you know how to hear the other guy's voice too, but we so often mistake it. He's going to, you, you did not get up in front of that church and say that. Really? You know, you're going to hear all that stuff. So, and you need to remind, because clearly God's got, this isn't about Mark Holloway, this is about him and you. And there's, there's obviously things that you were able to grab. Are you in business? No. Okay. So something you are doing that you're wanting to get God involved in or wanting to know what he thinks about or something like that, you know, it's kind of getting involved in that. Hey, maybe it's job. Anyway, thank you. Cheers. Um, I, I want, lied. One more. Uh, one more. <laughs> no. One more. I won't say one more after this one, OK? I promise This last one.
2: <laughs> OK, cool. Well, I'll just want to finish you with... You gave t- in! Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting... I just want to finish with two really quick stories. When um, I lived in Wanaka for a year, trying to get away from Mark up in Tauranga, and um, I, met four, I met four good girlfriends. One was another truck driver, one was my neighbour... One was my hairdresser and the other was um, my daughter's, who went to Mount Aspiring College, that's why I was down there, but her best friend's mum. And the girls kept saying, oh, you mums need to meet each other, you'll really get on. Anyway, we finally did. And um, we met at the netball courts and we swapped phone numbers and her name was Maggie. And she rang me a couple of days later and she said, hi, Mary, it's Maggie here. I'm Philly's mum and I met you the other day. So she gave me the big introduction. I went, oh, yes, I remember. We chatted away. Next time she rang, she just had to tell me she was Maggie because I knew who she was now. We chatted away. But as the days and weeks went on, she no longer needed to tell me it was Maggie speaking because guess what? I knew the sound of her voice. I knew what her voice sounded like. Now, one day, I rang her and I rang the right number and I got the voice, said, Hi, Marie, it's Maggie here. And I thought, hmm, it's saying the right things, it's saying what I want to hear, it's saying what I'm expecting to hear, but it just doesn't sound quite right. So I said, is that you, Philly? She said, oh, you got me, I'll get mum for you. And that is what happens. The enemy will sometimes say things to us that we know that God has already said to us, but he'll come in and sound like God, and that is to take us off down his track, because as, as soon as we start to hear any condemnation or that we're not good enough or that we didn't do this or we didn't do that, that is where we need to really be checking to because that is not how God talks to us. He will correct us, but he does it in a gentle and loving way. He doesn't do it through condemnation or telling us that we're good, not good enough or leaving us at the end of the conversation conversation feeling ugh. We always leave a conversation with God feeling like, okay, we've got something to work on, but we are feeling loved and uplifted and encouraged, just as Miriam was talking about before. And the other quick little story is um, I was uh, take, I'd taken a driver, another driver was going on leave for two weeks, and he had a beautiful, brand new Kenworth with two beautiful, big, shiny tankers. I was carting bulk liquid. And he was showing me for one day what he was, what the job was. So we go down to the the tanker on the way bridge because you've got to f- you know watch your weights and fill up each section and um we're getting towards the end of it and i said to him oh um isn't it a one-way system where i have to go he says yeah, yeah mate it is. I went, oh no not very good at one-way systems if i don't know it because you know if you end up in the wrong place like downtown wellington if you've missed the pit ferry terminal it's not a good look but um he said hey no, don't you worry about it you'll be right and i said oh but what about um don't I have to back into the, into the bay to unload? He says, yeah, mate, you do. I said, oh, I can't back. I'm no good at backing. I can back around the yard, but I won't be able to back in between a whole lot of silos. And he says, mate, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll be great at it after a couple of weeks. I said, oh, my goodness, I don't think I'm the right person for this job. I started it. He says, anyway, you actually need to be watching what your tank is doing because you're just about to overflow. So you need to think about what you're doing right now. He said, oh, my goodness, yes, turn off some valves, turn up, hang up some hoses, close my lids. He says, yes, and then what else do you need to do? Oh, pick up my paperwork because I'll get all the way over there and they won't accept my load because I haven't got the paperwork. He says, yes. He said to me, so you need to be thinking about the right here and now. And that just that was God saying to me that we sometimes get a big picture of what he wants us to do and it can become very overwhelming But actually all we need to do is ask him what it is that you want me to do today. And it might be vacuum the house or do the supermarket shopping. But whatever it is, we need to ask God what it is that you want us to do today. So hopefully those conversations that you've had just now, rather than overwhelming you or anything, but that you've learnt to just ask God the next little question. That's what we have to keep doing. Like Just as Mark's been saying, he will... Sometimes we'll hear back something that we're not quite sure about or we can't believe it's true, and we need to tell them that, ask them that. That's a backwards and forwards conversation.
1: Um, and just finishing off, so you can sort of start standing up and let's get rid of these people now, but um, <laughs> um, finishing off, I'm in business. I've got my own business in Tauranga. Um, I work down here for one of my sons who builds townhouses, and I'm involved in a business with that. So business is a thing that I think about a lot. Okay. <clears throat> People say to me, do you have conversations with God about business? Heck yeah. That's what I'm thinking about all the time, you know. Has it gone better? Results? Oh, baby. You know, I'm a sort of a, must be about a 15th half player clearly in business, you know. You can see I'm not the youngest sort of chicken in the coop. Um, but business dealings for us in the last 5 years since I've been having a backwards and forwards conversation with God are just mind-blowing. And guess what the conversations like the whole time? God, are you going to bless my business? Yes, and no, I don't think you are. God, this is no good. My business isn't going very well. You know, like I still say that to him the whole time, you know? But if you want to get and that's okay. It's okay. If you read the Psalms, it's constantly David doubting and then going, oh actually, right. And he's kind of talking God's voice to himself. It's terrible, the bulls and barrels and runs and then it's great. And you know, that's what a conversation, because we are humans and we don't think life is going as well as it could. That that's the general thinking. And you know, you can say, oh no, I just praise God every day and everything's amazing all the time. Well shoot, you'd be one in a million then. Because most of us aren't like that. Okay? so then you can speak to God and hear back constant, like Chris is it? yep, um, and Paul who, you know, specific stuff I don't like this guy's preaching, I don't even want to be here, yeah that's alright, you do know this but actually, you you know, God gets so specific if you want him to I'll be asking God more about those two conversations I'll be pushing it further because you just got going there really, you know anyway, thank you, thank you. <clears throat>
0: Thanks, Mark and Miriam. A real privilege to have you both here. That was awesome. Thank you. And it, it's you know part of what you know normal Christianity is hearing God's voice. It's part of our birthright, and that's what uh, actually propels us into the future that God has for us. So they have books out of the tables there that make sure you um, go and and purchase. They're all on special. And also we have a the membership course in the senior pastor's office and the parents' meeting in the Redwood Lounge. So um, God bless you all. Have a fantastic we week, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next mm-hmm. week where we have Mike Collins talking to us about global warming. Is it something to worry about?
1: <laughs> Take a listen.